Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, we're live in Mobile, baby. And the dogs right there shining. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta football party. Your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere else, but right here at Locked On, I am your host, Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me are Jarvis Davis and Brian Gephardt. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. The Atlanta Football Party is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, we'll talk about the week that was for the dogs who showed out or didn't for the NFL Championship weekend. And we have a bit of a different take on the coaching carousel in college football and how losing the big dogs, no, no pun intended, is affecting more than just the upcoming season. But first, let's talk JD's and BG's take on the Senior Bowl and what it means for dogs prospects in the draft. Now, Jarvis, we know that you are our eyes on the guys in person in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. And Brian and I, of course, are following minute by minute because there's coverage all over TV, including, of course, the NFL Network. And so we've gotten a little sneak peek into it. And I kind of look at it, guys, like it's a mini combine for us and a mini pro days for us because we know in the days and weeks to come, we're going to see a whole lot more of this uh, for those guys who are potentially headed to the NFL. That said, Jarvis, you got to admit that once again, Georgia is represented really, really well because there are six players who are there in Mobile. And, you know, my first thought was when you touched down yesterday, what was your thought on what you're looking for for those guys? And then, Brian, also with you knowing about those six guys who are down there, what were your initial thoughts of what you want to see out of them? I think one of the things that you have to talk about, like we were actually texting about it earlier this morning, I was just like, I don't see Cedric Van Pran on the roster because when I yeah, went down who to you the, don't see, right? Right. I was like, I saw I went down to the convention center here locally in Mobile and you know, picking up my credentials and everything, and I was looking up and down the roster. That was the first name I was looking for because that was the guy that I want to see, right? Because he's the, the guy who's been an anchor on one of the best offensive lines in college, you know, we've ever seen, right? You know, mm-hmm. as far as these as far as the seniors go. So I, I think that, you know, with him, it was undisclosed. So a lot of times when, when that happens, more than likely it's an injury concern. You know, yeah. you don't want to make anything worse. Or or it's just the agent saying, you know what, you probably don't need to uh, be in here. You can't help or hurt yourself playing in this game. So mm-hmm. if it can't benefit you to to the positive, you might want to just hold off on playing. But, you know, just this is just me speculating, though, obviously because the the reason was undisclosed but mm-hmm. I, I think just from that aspect of it it was kind of a little disappointing but like but can i just say this lad won today today because <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. i've always i've always called guys like his of his size like those cockroach wide receivers you know what i'm saying you turn the lights on it just you know just getting up <laughs> like that. that's what it looks like it would look yeah. like today on one-on-ones when right. he was out there and like he looked fully healthy Mm-hmm. Right, like when the last time we've been able to see that, you know, yeah. this championship, Lad didn't look like himself, you know. When you think about, you know, those type of things of the light, so I think when you think about, you know, 
him being out there and, and getting a shine on, it, it was really cool to see um, because the dude is is very precise. Yeah. He's running those routes, and those guys could not get – they couldn't stick with him. They couldn't stay with him. And, Brian, one of the tweets that I saw that kind of made me chuckle was the fact that he did indeed have a great day, and it was like, okay, literally we're looking at a grown A man among boys. Like this dude is showing you all the wares, and then you could kind of see different uh, beat writers from different NFL teams just salivating like, ooh, Wonder if my team's going to get him and how that'll look with. And, you know, it's like fill in the blank with that particular team's quarterback. He just seems like he's got such a wide range of outcomes from where he's going to be drafted to what he's actually going to yeah. be in the league because so much, much of it is speculation. Like we've seen some of it at the college level. And of course, he had the injury prone season that he did last year. Mm -hmm. But now there's heavy talk after today about him being a top 50 pick, maybe sliding into the back end of the first round. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that on the table before. So he must have had – I mean, I, I saw as much as I could on Twitter, but like Jarvis right. said, he won the day. He was the story of the day because mm -hmm. if he's that guy, I mean, and we've seen so many good rookie wide receivers go in later rounds. As Pat, I mean, the season that Puka Nakua had, of course, from a, a historic standpoint, a guy like uh, Jaden Reed up there in Green Bay. Yes. Um, it's mm -hmm. just you can get that value a little bit later on. So I'd still be – I'd be shocked personally if McConkey wound up going in the first round, but the fact that he was getting guys like that, and that was something I had my eye on going into today. What, what's Lad going to do? And then what's Rosemary Jack Saint going to do? Because he had such an interesting kind of up and down, odd career for Georgia, uh, but was so steady. Yeah. Very, very few drops, really sure hand type of individual. I know that he had a pretty good day, so I'm curious to see uh, where he ultimately winds up going and you know what he he winds up being long-term in the league, but not shocked at all to see a healthy Lad McConkey do what he did today at the Senior Bowl. And you bring up yeah. a good point with Marcus Rosen Jack Saint too, uh, BG. That's the type of thing that when – and just speaking with him, like that's why I feel like Kirby Smart like deserves a lot more credit. I know he gets a lot, but this this piece right here is like understanding like the importance of special teams on the next level. Like Marcus Rosen Jack Saint understands that because he talked about – I got a chance to talk to him after practice – and he was talking about how, hey, you know, the best players play special teams. Because a lot of times in football, I've, I've been in locker rooms, the non-starters play special teams. Like the guys that, you know, hey, barely make the team, the guys, the rah-rah guys, and, and they don't necessarily have enough talent to start. The goals are the guys that that um, play on the special teams normally. But that's not the case down in Georgia, down in Athens. Like he's putting those guys in those particular spaces because let's just face it, let's keep it funky. Marcus Rosen Jackson ain't going first round. He's probably not going second round or third round. He might be a mid to late round guy. And mm -hmm. if you want to make that 53, and yeah. I asked him this outside, like, hey, you play a special team, you have to make that squad. He's like, yeah, man, that's what it's all about. Making that, making that roster. So yeah. he understands that. And I think Kirby Smart has prepared his guys for that next level, even if they aren't those guys being talked about in the first and second and third round. You know, it could yeah. be a Nicole Hardman, basically, and you'll yeah. find yourself with a ring or be a Sony Michelle and find yourself with a ring. Understand your role, BG, like understand the assignment. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about Kirby a lot with relationships with the players that he currently has, his past yeah. players, mm -hmm. recruiting. You know, he doesn't ever burn a bridge. Yeah. Uh, not to be yeah. underestimated is the relationships he has in the league, how many mm -hmm. coaches that he knows in the league. So he picks these guys' brains. He sends them stuff. He asks them 
because they don't have to go recruiting people. So they got a little extra time to look at some other stuff. And he <laughs> he's asking them, hey, what is this guy? You know, what do you see this guy? I see, I see him as this. I see him. So he gets that feedback, too. And he's able to trickle that down, which uh, to what Jarvis was just saying is so valuable for these players to be self-aware when you go in. Know, know what your strengths and weaknesses are and know how you can, you know, make this a five, 10 year NFL career. And not to go off the beaten path too much, because I do want to talk about some of those other guys. And certainly we can talk about them in the deep dive as well. But there's one point that both of you guys just made, and that's sort of the preparation. And in watching the NFL Network earlier today, uh, GM Scott Pioli and a couple of others were talking about some of those hidden gems that they're looking for. What are the things that you do in the margins? Meaning when you're just standing next to Jarvis Davis and you don't really know who he is because Jarvis is looking like he could be a coach, a scout, a former player, a current NFL player. You don't know. How do you interact with that person who could very well go back and give some intel to a team, right? And so a guy like Kirby Smart having those relationships with a Scott Pioli type or even a Jeff Ulbrich. I know we talked about him in pre-production, the Jets DC. And how do you manage through the moments when nobody's technically watching and having those conversations with those individuals to show them who you are as a person? because your character is going to matter to a lot of teams in the NFL. And also maybe to show them a little bit of what your acumen is and kind of throwing you some curveballs and kind of seeing how you're going to react to them. So I, I just absolutely love this. You guys bringing that full circle, like here's what the totality of the senior bowl means from the practices to the informal interactions, to the game itself, all teeing you up for the combine to the pro days. And of course, ultimately to the draft, but yeah, Again, we had six guys there. We talked about McConkey, talked about Rosemary Jack Saint. And, you know, I'm going to throw this one at you because I know we they're a little pressed for time and we'll come back and talk about the other three. But the long snapper, like William Moat being there, it's, it's like people don't see. He's an example of just how deep the Georgia roster is that you're a long snapper that people are actually having conversation about heading into the senior bowl. It's amazing to me. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that's so cool about this process, right? Because, you know, me, more than likely, I'm always going to have my my eyeballs on the offensive and defensive line. And I was talking to a guy literally fresh out of college and, you know, looking to get into some scouting. And he was a long snapper in college. And I was just like, oh, man, he was he was telling me how, you know, Mo is his snap was like the speed is there. Because like, he's talking about how it has to be no more than 0.7 or 0.8 seconds to get that ball from snap. To, to that punter's hand. It has to be no 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 more than 0. 0.8, 0. 0.7 seconds. So when you think about how fast that is. So yeah, this that's unless you know that this process is so deep. It is so much deeper than what people may um may make it out to be. So yeah, this is it's a cool thing. And it's and I'm not surprised because Kirby Smart puts so much emphasis on special teams. He got guys, he got starters out there playing on special teams. Yeah. You know, and, and and even Lad McConkey understand. He was like, "Yeah, man, seven hundred ninety-five thousand. Let's go!" You know, there's a customer that's supposed to be in there too, so yeah. he cleans it up a little bit. So yeah, it's it's just that stuff is just so ingrained in them. And then yeah. for for them to have a long snapper there, you know, with an opportunity to potentially go to the NFL, I'm not shocked at all. No, and ask our guy, one of our good buddies from our, our old work days, Harper LaBelle can tell you, you can make quite a career for yourself if you find that you are that good long snapper. So we'll talk more because we've got some other dogs we want to get to and kind of get Jarvis's reaction and Brian's reaction on those guys 
We'll talk about it when we come back in our deep dive going between the hedges. This episode of the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, of course, it's Happy Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about that between the hedges as well. Talk about those guys that are Georgia dogs, good damn dogs, that made an impact or not this weekend in the championship round of the NFL playoffs. FanDuel, they want to celebrate because it was a good weekend overall. And let's talk about America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, which is, oh man, so quickly coming upon us, is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. So FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or maybe two or maybe three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. So get into it. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's pretty cool. 200 bucks just for making a bet on which players will score a touchdown or how many points will be scored. I think that's a pretty good look. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, guys. So a couple other guys want to get to before we talk about the NFL championship weekend that was because we had Dejon Edwards in attendance there at Senior Bowl, also Tyke Smith and Javon Bullard. So Brian, I want to talk to you again, asking first and foremost what your initial thoughts were about them attending and if there was anything that you saw from, like you said, whether it's Twitter, because we saw some, some clips on Twitter, also on the NFL Network, but any thoughts on them and their attendance at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what Dejon Edwards winds up being in the league if he if he actually gets a chance to be like a true change of pace type of back because he's not explosive and, and never really was, but he just he's that guy who you know you give him the ball on a you know a third and short, fourth and short, and and he finds a way. He's got a little just enough wiggle to him uh, to to get the pads moving forward and and wind up doing that. And so I'm I'm curious to see how the week plays out for him, how he winds up doing in the game later on in the week. Um, and just what he winds up pro projecting to be in the league because he really went above and beyond what people expected of him in Athens. I mean, he constantly overperformed what he came in as, which you always like to see from a player, you get to yeah. see that development. And given the injuries that various running backs had in that room the last couple of years, Dejan was just so crucial to this run and to those national championships for Georgia. So I'm excited to see what happens with his future. And it feels like we've been talking so much about the DBs for, for Georgia, right? Between Caleb Downs coming and going and KJ Bolden getting sniped and Malachi starting. And so the fact that, you know, Tyke Smith and Javon Bullard are there this week too. I, I thought Javon Bullard was one of the more underrated players for Georgia throughout the year. He made Agreed. so many big key plays and there was so much conversation about Bowers and Beck and Ladd and, you know, different guys coming on of late. But Bullard is going to be a guy that's going to be tough to replace so uh, i'm curious to see how the rest of the week uh go goes for him uh as far as you know the senior bowl goes yeah and jarvis i was having a conversation just this morning about dbs and how 
uh, I'm going to take you guys to old Atlanta. Like people don't dance no more. All they do is this. And so, <laughs> I kind of feel like that with DBs in the NFL. Like safety don't safety don't tackle no more. Corners don't tackle no more. All they do is this. They're just trying to strip a ball or they're just trying to be uh, elusive or make sure that, you know, they're maybe defending the pass. But I always find with the likes of dogs, DBs, they're really fundamentally sound. And so when I think about a Tyke Smith or I think about a Javon Bullard, I think especially Bullard that the term underrated could be used and could be used in an acceptable way because I do feel like those guys are, as they always are in a Kirby Smart system, very fundamentally sound. Yeah, and and I actually talked to Javon after practice today too, and you can see just how effective your teaching uh, kind of hit home for him when it comes to Kirby Smart because we know, you know, Kirby Smart. That, that that's his world those dbs you know yeah. that, that's, the, that's what that's what he specializes in and mm-hmm. for those guys to a guy like javon buller i'm glad that you brought him up bg because he's a guy's just a playmaker like regardless of what the 40 time is regardless of what you know how fast he runs the, the three cone do the three, three cone drill or you know, regardless if he gets beaten one on ones, which is not really that all that great for safeties anyway. We put them in those situations. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. He's a guy to watch out for because the guy's just a playmaker. You know, he talked about how his preparation was the key to that. And, and when you talk about, you know, people who always find themselves around the ball, it's not, no, it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence at all. That, that's preparation, knowing, knowing defense, knowing what you can and can't do, get away with in certain coverages and everything like that. So that is deep study. It's not it's not a coincidence that, that Javon Butler found himself making big plays and big games because he understands the, the gravity of the situation. And for him to shine in those moments, that, that is definitely a guy I would like to have on my team if I'm, if I'm an NFL team. Yeah. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on Tyke Smith? Anything that you saw that stood out or anything that you're kind of looking for in him this, this coming week and maybe even in the game? Special teams, uh, mm. just like like Rosemary Jack saying, same thing. Special teams get get very acquainted with the special team coach. I even saw him in practice today. He was working on, you know, rushing, you know, in, in the uh, in the pump, um, pump period. Mm-hmm. So when you have guys like taking a, a, a liking to that, like I said, I'm not surprised. Because, you know, if you're good enough to start, you're good enough to play special teams. So I I think that that's how he's going to make a roster, you know, to be quite uh, honest. Um, So I I think Tyke Smith has an opportunity. He has an opportunity. The more and more you take a liking to that, the more and more you want to know, you want to be a part of that, that's going to – NFL teams are watching. They're paying attention to that a lot. So, yeah, he, he has opportunity as well. Indeed, indeed. And speaking of those NFL teams, as always, we look to see kind of how our dogs are participating, especially as we go deeper into the playoffs now that we're approaching that Super Bowl Sunday that's coming up. But NFC championship, excuse me, NFL, because it wasn't just on one side, it was on both sides there for UGA former players. There were eight dogs who suited up in the conference championship games this past Sunday. You had three former dogs for the Niners, of course, Chris Conley, Charlie Werner, Robert Beal. None for the Lions. Lions, that might be why you're not going to the Super Bowl, but I digress. (laughs) Uh, And then you have five former dogs who played in the AFC Championship game. Of course, McCole Hardman, Malik Herring for the Chiefs. And then you had Ben Cleveland, Roquan Smith, and Nick Moore 
for the Ravens. And it just got me thinking, you guys, like, who do you feel rep the best for the dogs with their play or not? And then we even talked a little bit about the Kirby Smart coaching tree and who showed up big or maybe not. But first off, let's talk about those dog play. <laughs> you know, shots fired. Yeah, because you know who you are that didn't want to show up and give that good game plan. But um, let's talk a little bit about the dogs players first. Who impressed you guys and who kind of made you think, mm, not the best day for that dog? Yeah, Roquan. It's always Roquan for me. I mean, he's just one of my favorite players. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's one of the best guys that that's been in this Kirby Smart era. Uh, you know, arguably probably the best defensive player that he's had during that stretch of time. And and you see it. I mean, he's fully taken over that Ray Lewis role from 20 years ago of rallying the troops. He's oh, he's the leader. He's getting them all you know ready to roll. Now, granted, that Ravens defense they were a little shaky to start that game, and in the first half. Chiefs really brought it to them. I mean, they bowed their neck and did what they had to do in the second half. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. the offense didn't come with it. So, right. uh, but he's just such a special player and such a such a unique talent. Um, so he really stuck out to me. Um, and then the other guy, just out of all the different people that you mentioned there, I mean, much lower on the totem pole than Roquan Smith, but Charlie Warner. And to the point of like a senior bowl and all that stuff, this is a guy who was, you know, more or less a backup tight end in college who came in and now he's just, He's just got a role like this, like Charlie Warner's a guy that people need to look at and go, all right, if I can do this, this and this and I can block and maybe make a play every once in a while. This guy's on his way to having that five or 10 year NFL career. And not a lot of people talked about him in college or coming out of college or, mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, and he's always brought in as an extra blocker. He is that second tight end there for the 49ers. And again, nothing special. He's just fundamentally sound in, the, yep. in what he brings to the table and. Uh, you know, he's a big part of that 49ers offense, the way that they uh, bring a run blocking scheme and what they like to do on offense. Hey, 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 can I be more petty just like Tanitra? Of course, <laughs> we like Patty JD. How about Todd Munkin? Like, no call runs? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, back, slinging it all over the yard. Like, yeah. do he, does he understand that that's why you got fired from the NFL early before? Like, yeah. Like, just, like the it, way the oh, game boy. plan is not being able to adjust to what, you know, I know Steve Spagnuolo is one of the best defense coordinators in the NFL. He got that, that, that chief, he's maximizing every ounce of talent on that, yeah. on the defense side of football for the Kansas City Chiefs. Indeed. But man, he, it was just, he couldn't sell his quarterback down. I mean, okay. now, granted, that's some of that's on Lamar Jackson, you know, yeah. You know, not being able to being indecisive with the football, I get it. Mm -hmm. But oh my gosh, like do something to help the man out. Yeah. Do some design runs. Yeah, something. Put the ball in his hands and let him just go. Okay, I understand right. the whole pocket passer piece. I get it. I know he's. I know Lamar's trying to prove something to certain people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you 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 gotta put the team on your back, especially yeah. when you're struggling the way they were on offense. So yeah, Indeed. I don't think. I think Todd Munkin missed an opportunity because oh, me too. there were some people talking about him being an NFL head coach candidate. Yeah. If not this cycle, definitely a next serious cycle. one in the next cycle. Indeed. But now I'm questioning that. Yeah, I said the same thing. I thought, and guys, he's coming from running back you. I mean, RBU. Like, 
you know how to use a running back and you know well, personnel to- that works in the NFL. I'm, thinking too. I'm like, well, personnel, you've got tight like you even got one that came back. Mark Andrews, may Isaiah Likely, right. they you may not have been a hundred percent, but he yes. was he was strong enough to give you what you needed. Right. And so yeah, it was really disappointing because it would have been nice if we could have said from the coaching tree a good damn dog who showed <laughs> up and showed out. And I'm looking like, man. Do you not, sometimes it's good to know your own DNA? Like sometimes, and you you have run RBU in your veins. You really should have used it for that game. But yeah, I'm like you guys as we wrap up. Just love seeing Roquan Smith being in a position to be successful. Like I really am glad to see him that he got out of Chicago and then he got himself into a situation in Baltimore. Not to say Chicago won't end up getting there. But for now, the Ravens, we know, are going to be back in this conversation next season and for years to come. So it's really excited about him. And, yeah, Charlie Werner, an absolute example of, hey, if you give them what they're asking for when they ask for it, you, too, could have a long career in this thing they call the NFL. So we'll talk a little bit more. Speaking of long careers, short careers, and how they kind of ebb and flow, we may have looked at it initially as only the fallout from Tuscaloosa this season. But let's just think about this. Well, we're seeing what's going on with the coaching trees in the college football space. How's that going to affect things for years to come? We'll talk about it on the other side in what's next. This episode of our Atlanta football party is also brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, right? But Can we just talk a minute still about preparing for real life? Because, you know, life be life. It is what it is. Now, according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin. And I can tell you, my BFF is a pharmacist and she'll tell you straight away that that is true. There are some scarcities when it comes to what's available this season. And she'll also tell you that it's right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And that's pretty darn scary, except that you don't have to feel like you're helpless if you or one of your kids or family members gets sick because the supply chain issue wouldn't be an issue for you because of Jace Medical. Jace Case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, everything from respiratory infections to sinusitis, skin infections, among others. It could happen anytime, any day. I know because one of my nephews just went down last week and then the other followed. And then before I know it, my whole family's like, down for the count with some type of respiratory infection. So I encourage them as I'd encourage you to visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. And we know how expensive everything has gotten these days. So fraction of the regular cost should be something to incent you there as well. It's never been more important to be prepared than today and to spend wisely. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical.com. Locked on is the offer code and you'll get $20 off on your order. All right, guys, you know, it was crazy because of course, last segment, we're talking a little bit about the NFL and that was a crazy coaching carousel situation, but we've also seen how it's kind of intertwined with an impacted by the college football coaching carousel. Jim Harbaugh, of course, the most recent, he left Michigan for the Los Angeles Chargers. And of course, we know that Nick Saban went on to greener pastures and announcing, not so much that the retirement was a surprise, but kind of just when it happened. So 
you have a situation where you have several coaches, three out of those four head coaches in the college football playoff that have left college football in some way, shape, or form. And you kind of think to yourself, Jarvis, is this a trend that we'll see continuing until maybe NIL and player movement is regulated? And again, the thought came up, you know, Brian, as you mentioned to us in pre-production, because yeah, you see a Jim Harbaugh going off to green, greener pastures. And let's just face it, there's conversation and commentary about sort of the carnage that was left behind in Ann Arbor as it relates to things like NIL and player movement. So with that thought in mind, Jarvis, how do you see kind of that lasting impact of those coaches kind of leaving the game because NIL and player movement really still is not regulated? To be honest with you, T, it's, I think that was just a cherry on top because let's bring up the transfer portal. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we had we hadn't got used to that yet, or no. and we not only have we not gotten used to it, and just talking about it and how we cover it, and just I was mm-hmm. even talking today, I'm talking to a scout, and just like man, you got to remember like seven schools before you know the guy yes. like seven schools, like oh yeah, the guy that played at Georgia, Miami, and Florida State, like wait a minute, what you know? So just from that standpoint, just talking about it, these coaches are living it. They got to recruit. Not only go out and recruit and bring guys in from the high school level, they got to go out and recruit guys in the transfer portal. They got to recruit guys on their own team so they won't go jump in the portal or go mm-hmm. to another team. And then now you add this whole money factor. I Like the numbers that I've been hearing, like I was talking to a guy uh, down there in Florida. Um, <laughs> he said they were negotiating a, $13.8 million deal with this whole uh, uh, Jihad Rashidi. Uh, excuse me, I'm messing up the, the quarterback. The quarterback that transferred, they end up going to Arizona State. You know, uh, Jaden Rashad, I think. Jaden Rashad, yeah, Rashad. Rashad. Please forgive me. Yeah, Jaden Rashad. So it, it, it's just when you think about those type of numbers being thrown around. Yeah. That is, uh, that is it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And to be honest with you, I had a family member who's the coach college football, he said, I had to get out. Those were, he said, I had to get out because it's just too much. And he's around my age. He ain't no, he, he 50, 60 years old. So, of course, we're going to see some some of these guys. I don't, I don't say, I don't think that we're going to have it every year, but I'm, I would not be surprised if we see some of these guys who've been around college football for a long time. They start bowing out. Yeah. Yeah. And Jarvis, I just want to ask you a follow up question and you may not have the answer today. It may be something that we talk about next week post senior bowl. But I was just curious, has that conversation come up with anyone you've spoken to so far, whether it's coaches or scouts or players, just kind of the impact of those players and kind of questioning, is it a question of their decision making if they've been at one? Well, more than one school. Do you see that there's been an impact or conversation about it so far at senior in Mobile? I see it probably being an issue maybe three or four, maybe 10 years ago because ah. we were used to guys like I used to, because I know I, when I was a, a scholarship athlete, I used to look at guys who transferred all the place funny. I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, like, why are you jumping around school? And that was a goal of mine when I left. I was like, man, I don't want to be a guy that jumping around from school to school because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, something's going to happen is not that you're not going to like. Yeah. So it was in, in, in life, you know, you got to figure it out. But nowadays, yeah. when everybody's doing it, 
when you get all this money thrown at you, hey, we'll give you a million dollars you come to high school. And then I don't have to sit out a year either? I mean, I'm 19, 20 years old. I'm just like, yeah. uh, I appreciate y'all for the opportunity. I'll be posting yeah. them. Look. You know, everybody always say, first of all, I want to thank, thank you. Coaches, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God, yeah. right. I feel my time to come on. You know, it's time for me to move on. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Because I got a chance to get a meal just right. to go play at another school, play ball at another school. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's, I don't, I think probably initially, yeah, they were like, they started looking at players sideways. But hey, if he can play some ball, because, you know, that's a talented guys used to transfer because they weren't playing. But now yeah. you got cats who won a Blitnikoff Award. Jordan Addison won a Blitnikoff Award True. and transferred to, to USC from Pitt. Yeah. Uh, there are no words. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. And then you look at a Stetson Bennett the fourth, and he tra he leaves, comes back, is threatening to leave again. And now, hey, you got a whole job in the NFL. You might be like, you know, that life, that backup, lifelong uh, backup in the, in the league. But yeah, mm -hmm. Brian, you look at some of that movement. And like we said, Jim Harbaugh, of course, being the most recent officially being announced as the head coach for the Chargers. But you see that movement where he's basically like, yeah, I'm out. And not to say that he didn't always have aspirations to get back to the league, but yeah, he's out. And you look at Nick Saban basically waving the white flag like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm done with this. And it kind of reminds you like this particular conversation is maybe ramping up this year, but we're going to have this conversation next year and the next year and the next year. And it won't be just the fallout from the movement of coaches next year on next year. The fallout from these coaches moving this year is still going to be seen for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's only going to get worse too, uh, worse in the sense of yeah, movement, if you better, view that as a yeah. bad thing or a negative thing, because players coming up now, kids in middle school, kids in high school, this is what they see, right? This is what they, they see. Okay. If I'm one of the top players that I need, I should go here and then maybe bounce here and bounce mm -hmm. here. Cause that's where I'm going to maximize the amount of money for, for me and my family. And if they see the coaches doing it as well, I just think it's going to become an even younger man's game. And it's already become a young man's game in the coaching mm -hmm. game. Like Jarvis just said, he has okay. a friend that's in college coaching. That's around his, it, we're, you know, he's not old. We're not old. This isn't, right. this isn't a spot mm -hmm. where, but you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't think like, like Dabo's long for it or, you know, I don't think Kirby's going to be in for it as long as I, I thought he may have been initially unless yeah. things change in that way because – and Jarvis mentioned this too. You used to just recruit players in high school, right, and occasionally someone would transfer and sit out a year. Now you got to recruit players in high school. you got to recruit players on your own team. you got to recruit mm -hmm. players in the transfer portal, and you got to recruit <laughs> players actively on other teams even though you're not supposed to. So you're recruiting even like three times the amount of time – that recruiting already took up all this offseason time. So there was already plenty of coaches that hated recruiting before. I, I mean, there's coaches that didn't make it in college because of recruiting. And now there's going to be mm -hmm. even more that are like, all right, I can do it at this level, but I can't do, I can't go up another notch and, and spend even more time and give up even more of my life to do it. So I think guys are going to get in, get paid and get out quicker than ever. And maybe yeah. some of them jump to the NFL. Maybe some of them, you know, jump into broadcasting because there's, mm -hmm. there's bags to get there too. True, true. Well, I tell you, that's probably made some scouts and some coaches jobs that much tougher 
for Senior Bowl because you, like you said, Jarvis, you have to do so much more research to make sure you know, it, unless, you know, he's a guy that's been, that we know for sure has been at Georgia for three or four seasons. And then ultimately even have guys, and of course I'm making a, a making light of this as we wrap up, but then you have some guys who are out there like, okay, now did he play four, five, or seven years? Let me double check. Let me, <laughs> you know, because that's a whole nother piece of this puzzle too that right. we didn't talk about that has also kind of complicated things. So I'm sure it's been inter- interesting. And of course, next week we'll be on the other side of the end of the, the week of the senior bowl and the senior bowl game. So we'll talk more about the impact of that on uh, the Georgia dogs. NFL prospect next week. Of course, this week, we appreciate you guys for stopping by our Atlanta football party, which, of course, is always your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, of course, we are free and available wherever you get your downloads, your podcasts. And if you got a little time, which I know you do because you always make time for us here at Locked On Sports Atlanta, come back for the Atlanta basketball party tomorrow. We'll see you then.